Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? I can't get higher than that. <laughs> Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton. And I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski, who has an even higher voice than I do. Hello. <laughs> That's about all I can do. That's it. All right. Let's do this. Today's topic is faith. 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 Mm. What is the background of this topic, Pastor Joel? I, I feel like I could almost give the same intro as I did to the forgiveness episode we did last last time. Yeah. It is a foundational doctrine of Christianity. But the I'll I'll say this, you know, as forgiveness is like this benefit we receive through Christ's sacrificial death on the cross, we're forgiven for our sins. With faith, it's more getting to the process of how we get to that point where we do receive salvation. So for instance, faith is half of our salvation. So that would be the background I'd want to give. You want to know how important faith is? It's half salvation. Oh, dude, that's big. Yeah. So this is an important topic. It sure is. Yeah. So, I mean, the uh, the history in the background isn't one of those automated a foundational doctrine of Christianity. <laughs> no, no, I can I can commentate a little bit differently in this case. Yeah, it's half our salvation too. So that's big, but I am really excited that I got the opportunity to use my robot. That's voice. great. Yeah. What? Because the what's the history and background of this topic? Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Joel's answer every episode. Well, it's foundational doctrine of Christianity. <laughs> Okay. Well, here's my uh, here's my robot answer. How have people been hurt by this topic in church? <laughs> no, job. but seriously, how how have people been hurt by this in the church? Oh man, that's okay. So <laughs> I feel like okay. Do we want me to do my robot? Well, he, you know what? Believe it or not, PJ, the church doesn't define faith the right way. Oh yeah, it is. It's a classic it answer. Is. It is. It's getting back to a definition. But we'll see how this is all panned out and we'll flesh this out with the, with the doctrine of faith. But what's, what's alarming about this is it's one of the key foundational doctrine of Christianity that is actually defined within the scriptures itself. Like you don't even have to do a dictionary or a concordance search to get the definition of faith. Nice. It's there. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, it does. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one defines faith. So we'll, and we'll get to that in, in the, in, in a little bit, but for now, the conflict is because we can't actually define faith. We are missing the ability to explain salvation because half of salvation is kind of warped too. And here's one of my supports for this claim I'm making. I've often heard faith be, be uh, described when talking about salvation as saving faith. Mm. As if it needs to be qualified, we're talking about the faith of your salvation. If I need to qualify 
that type of faith, do I really understand what the concept of faith is at the core? Ooh. Or am I only, am I kind of at an abstract level that, that isn't actually helping me understand the cause of faith? Okay. So when I say, is that person of the faith? Right. What it's still like, you know, when I say, yeah, what faith? But I've, yeah, I've heard this described. um, That's good. This to me, it reminds me of servant leadership. You know, we talked about leadership in previous When I have to say servant leadership or when someone else says it, it usually makes me think that person probably doesn't have the right definition of leadership because, or else they wouldn't have to qualify it as such. Mm. This isn't all leadership being a servant. So kind of the same with this, where if I understand faith in the right way and I put my faith in the right being, it would be saving faith. I don't have to qualify it as saving faith. So how does someone with this belief support their position with the Bible? So what this looks like, this, the strict side, you know, Christians all believe in faith, right? We, we do know, we, we say you have to have faith, have saving faith. Yep. Um, faith is proven in actions is really the strict side of this is faith is proven in actions. We even see in James 2, 17, even so faith if it have not works is dead in itself right faith Mm. without works is dead so the strict side will say because of james 2 17 do the actions so here's where what you end up seeing is this strict side is very reminiscent to some of the earlier episodes we had where it is you don't drink you don't smoke you don't swear you don't have tattoos you wear fancy clothes you carry your bible with you you read it every day you pray every day you do the works of a Christian. Wow. That proves your faith. Although it's the opposite. Mm. Your faith is proven by works. So mm. we're, we'll see as we break this down, there's a causal cause and effect relation here between faith and works that a lot of people are missing. So someone comes to me and says, do the actions of faith. If you have faith, you do these things. How do I defend myself against someone like that? Uh, this is uh, this is good. I would I would uh, I would respond by well, wouldn't me just focusing on doing those works make salvation according to works? Hmm. Or like in a lot of these episodes we're covering, especially the ones where we're covering a a foundational doctrine, where this is all different. You know, we're not talking about drinking or smoking we're talking about faith here it's a foundational doctrine it's always a benefit to ask these people to understand them what's your definition of the term and what's cool here is hopefully if that person is open to having this discussion they actually want to learn we could just go to the scriptures because if this person already is throwing scripture at me It would only be fair for them to let me bring some scripture into it as well. There you go. Hebrews 11.1. What's it say? Now faith is assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. Now, 
I'll try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Faith is defined there plainly, but it is used in terminology that's not necessarily commonly used. So I could understand why the average Christian wouldn't all of a sudden read this verse and be like, oh, wow, faith is just explicitly defined here. Uh, I have it. Uh. And I also want to say this. One thing that I think is unfair for people who aren't Christians is apparently if I become a Christian, that also means I'm an expert in the Bible. People who are outside Christianity love trapping Christians with their with their Bible knowledge when it's like, wait, just because I'm a Christian does not mean I'm an expert in scripture. Just because I watched Lord of the Rings does not mean I can speak Elvish. <laughs> right. That's a great, exactly. I mean, I can, but it's not because, it, no, but that's not why. Yeah. <laughs> so let me break this down for you. I'll say this same verse in common language. Faith is a belief in something you can't see either because it's invisible or it has yet to happen. That's what this verse is saying. Gotcha. That's what this verse says. That's things, what's so cool so about you're this. Saying, so you're saying things hoped for, like it hasn't happened yet, yep. not seen invisible. Right. Awesome. So what's, what's great about this is, this is one of the cases where the doctrine of faith is actually represented in what, you read which that doesn't always happen and then to apply it i would love to be able to bring this person through an application because hebrews eleven six also perfectly applies this verse this definition of faith hebrews eleven six says without faith it is impossible to be well pleasing unto him unto god for or why because he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that seek after him. Hmm. So what this is saying is you can't please God unless you have faith in him. And here's what faith in God would look like. In order to be pleasing to God, in order to have faith with him, you have to believe that he is. So I have to have a belief in something I can't see because I can't see God. In order to believe he exists, I have to have a belief in something I can't see. Then the other half of something I can't see is if it has yet to happen, something hoped for. And here it says, we also have to believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I have yet to be rewarded but my faith that that event is going to happen, although it has yet to happen, says it will. My faith is what makes me believe that. So Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith. Hebrews 11.6 perfectly applies it. So I would love if I was talking to, about faith with somebody and we were having this debate, argument, conversation, if it mm -hmm. was going the healthy way. This is always my go-to. First, I want to try to understand that other person, ask them what their definition is. And then second, if I'm given the opportunity to open the scriptures, I go right to Hebrews chapter 11. Nice. So faith here in this side is defined abstractly, 
as a belief. Right. You just have, you have this belief, but we are not given a specific enough definition of it to be able to apply that to God. Correct. Cool. So let's get into the loose side. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, why don't we take a call? Look at that from McMillan, Alabama. Awesome. We should we should start having a theme song <laughs> for Pastor Richard Tater. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll workshop something. Oh, but it's Pastor know, Tater from McMillan, Alabama? That's right. It's the same Pastor uh, Tater that we love to hear from. It wasn't one of our other listeners from McMillan, Alabama? I, I don't know. I mean, let's. Let's check it out. Go ahead, All Pastor right. Tater. You're on the line. Oh, hello. Yes, gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. This is Pastor Richard Tater from McMillan, Alabama. I do have somewhat to say upon the matter. I am so glad that y'all are dealing with this topic. I believe this might have been the definition that cured me of my, yes, my depression. I said the D word. I've heard pastors tell me to have faith whenever things didn't make sense or were impossible. When I told people this, they would ask me how they would grow their faith. And I realized, unfortunately, the only way to believe in something more impossible and nonsensical. No wonder I got depressed. Well, great to hear from you, Pastor Tater, and great point about that um, that definition of faith that you've heard, I've heard that same definition before, and uh, I think I think you recognize the contradiction in there now. That's awesome. Hey, question for you: How's uh, Mrs. Tater doing with restoration? Pa- Pastor Joe wants to know how you do- how you doing, dear. <laughs> Yeah, Mrs. Tater is doing very well. (laughs) What, what? Oh, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, it's really inspiring to me to become a restoration coach like the two people who are coaching us. Uh, How would I do that? That is awesome, Pastor Tater. You can do restoration coach training after you complete restoration, man. Yes, my lovely bride and I look forward (laughs) to becoming restoration coaches. As always, gentlemen, this was my favorite podcast. God bless. Well, thank you for the call, Pastor Tater and Mrs. Tater. Yeah, good to hear from both of them. Yeah, they sound like they're doing fantastically well. Any thoughts, Pastor Joel? Yeah, I agree. They sound great. Um, How would you handle the question that Tater got asked? Ooh, well, you'd start start with the definition of faith, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's, you know, like we were saying with the defense strategy, start with the definition of faith. And then when, then what I like to do is you take that definition, you apply it forward, you move it forward. So some of the good questions that help people understand this, the right definition of faith is that my favorite one is, do you believe the sun will come up tomorrow? Nice. Absolutely. Everyone says, yeah. Yep. Has it? 
No, it's not tomorrow yet. So why do you have the faith or the belief in something that has yet to happen in the sunrise? Well, because it's always happened. To the point I don't even have to think about it. I believe it's going to happen every single day of my life. I've experienced the sun being up. Mm -hmm. So I have the right experience. What's another reason? Or let me ask you this. What would you think if the sun didn't come up tomorrow? Well, my first thought would be like, oh, man, this is a good. (laughs) But, But I think I'd wonder... Did the earth stop rotating? Mm. Because I also have the right understanding behind the sunrise. To the point where I even know the term sunrise is wrong. The sun doesn't actually come up. I know, I understand that the sun appears to rise every day because the earth rotates on its axis. Mm -hmm. But what we learned here through the sunrise example is We can intentionally grow our faith through experience or understanding. So if I want to grow my faith in anything, I get more understanding and experience of that thing. So that's why I think Pastor Tater's depression was helped so much by this definition because actually understanding the definition of God instantly grows your faith Mm. when you understand who god is in his nature you understand the object of your faith more your faith has grown so i think not only understanding faith but i think understanding who god is is some of the things that have helped pastor tater's depression that's great awesome thank you again pastor tater for the call keep calling in Congratulations on curing your depression. It's so nice to have another testimony, another story of that. So cool. So what's this, what's the other side of the argument, Pastor Joel? We just covered the uh, the strict side. So let's flip over to the loose side. Yeah, the loose side is is not defining it. Okay. Um, where you know the strict side is going to say, "Do the works, do the works, do the works." Mm. The loose side's just basically going to say, you know what, Pastor Jonathan, if you're struggling with something, just have faith. Mm. Yet, I don't explain how. I don't define that term. This is one of those platitude things again that we dealt with with forgiveness. You know, it's like, you know what, Pastor Jonathan? Faith doesn't make things easy. It makes them possible. You know, Pastor Jonathan, faith is not believing that God can. It's knowing that he will. Those all sound great, right? Very poetic. (laughs) Very poetic. How does it actually help a person? Oh, man. It doesn't. Nope. And with these people, when you try to ask for an explanation, you may even see or hear the response, well, that's why it's called faith. And unfortunately, this answer justifies atheists who also want to see in order to believe, which means they don't have faith. Hmm. You know, this term believing is seen or seeing is believing. It's not, it's not wrong. It's not faith. 
Faith is believing without seeing. Hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't understand it. It doesn't mean it's illogical. It just means you can't see whatever it is. Nice. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, people are going through crappy situations and the solution they're given from their pastors and leaders is actually making them worse. Just have faith. Mm. It's actually making people worse because these platitudal statements isn't helping these people. And they're having to muscle through these things, feeling like if I don't handle this well, it's proving I don't have faith. Hmm. They're also undercutting evangelism. Because again, faith is half of salvation. If we can't explain that, how are we helping people get saved? So if someone was coming to me, Pastor Joel, telling me to have faith, uh, how would I defend myself? So if someone comes towards me on this side of the topic, what I want to remember is that these people are saying faith can't be defined. So what I do is I take the doctrine of faith the concept of faith, and I apply it in a different area of these people's lives. And what you'll see is that it'll be a, it'll be an indirect confrontation to these people because what these people don't recognize is that there are multiple areas in their lives where they are living according to faith. I could just ask them, do you believe in gravity? Do you believe in electricity? Mm. Do you believe in magnetism? Hmm. These are all three areas that we all have experience and maybe even understanding of. But can I see gravity? Can I see electricity? Can I see magnetism? Is it possible for me to understand these concepts? And it, you know, of course, we all have experience. Like uh, all this, the fact that our feet are planted on the ground, we're experiencing gravity. Right. Me flipping the light switch on in my bedroom proves that I've experienced electricity and we've all played with magnets, right? Mm -hmm. So with this loose side, it's really this perspective of under, of thinking that faith is a belief in something that's impossible or unable to be explained. But yet when we apply it to these other areas that people in everyday life are using and understanding and experiencing they don't apply that same definition of faith because hmm. it does take faith to believe in gravity, electricity, and magnetism. And in fact, if my light switch for my bedroom starts working, that doesn't mean electricity doesn't exist. Or if I don't understand electricity, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And the more I understand it and the more I experience it, the more I'm at more, my faith in that thing's going to grow to the point where if my light switch stops working, my thought isn't, well, I guess electricity stopped existing. <laughs> no, my thought is, you know what? There's probably something wrong with the path of electricity from my switch to the light. Maybe the light bulb burnt out. Maybe one of the cords in, inside my outlet or inside the switch came unattached hmm. because I have the more understanding I have of how this electricity works and travels the more I'm going to be able to deal with it when, when a conflict arises.
So the people who say you can't define or grow in faith actually contradict themselves in these areas where they do have faith, which is something that can lead to depression. Wow. Awesome. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, this topic of faith being discussed, you know, we've, we've seen it be kind of a polarizing topic from people that flip to the loose side and, and to the strict side. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that faith is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, I think it's one of these, one of these doctrine that when, when it's taught the right way, the impact it can have on people is immediate and powerful and it's sad to see how the ball has been dropped so hard in the church, especially since it's right there. Like we don't have a very good excuse why we don't understand faith because the, the non-contradictory definition for faith is written in what we read in Hebrews chapter 11. Mm -hmm. So I see people in three categories. There's the people I feel bad for. These are people who just merely think faith is a feeling. Mm. which we've talked at length about how that yeah. can be deceptive, right? Yeah. The, so these people will try to increase that feeling whenever they're feeling low in order to try to overcome, you know, because if these people are feeling low, they, they'll also feel like, I don't feel very spiritual right now. I don't feel very faithful. So I need to do something to jack myself up. There's the people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who believe in God, but they don't understand faith well enough to know how to intentionally build faith. So these people actually will leave churches when those churches use the definition of faith to be like what Pastor Tater taught us. Mm -hmm. When people teach that faith means believing in the impossible or in the nonsensical Pastor Tater pointed out the contradiction there. Well, that means if I have to grow my faith, I grow in believing more nonsensical and more impossible things. Hmm. That seems counterintuitive. Right. People at this level that we understand recognize that is wrong and damaging and I don't want to be around it. Yeah. And then there's the people we're impressed with. These are people who understand that faith is a belief in something they can't see either because it's invisible or it's yet to happen. And these people recognize we demonstrate this ability all the time when it comes to other areas of our lives in, in areas of we can't see, whether it's the sunrise, our faith is proven out every time we go to bed at night, believing that the, the earth's going to continue to rotate. Yeah, We believe every time we flip a light switch, electricity works we believe in something we can't see and you know we're all not walking around with 50 pound dumbbells dragging on our feet because we all have faith in gravity so these are the people we look up to that we're impressed with is people who recognize what faith is according to god awesome so what is the ultimate answer well, we've said it, you know, it's, uh, we've already said it a couple times. It's, it's in Hebrews 11, one, it's a belief in something you can't see either because it's invisible or it's yet to happen. 
so we could have see the you know broken down into this conjunctive that we've mentioned in the past mm-hmm. it's a belief that's the freedom in something that you can't see that's the limitation mm-hmm. and and actually having the biblical definition from hebrews 11 1 helps me intentionally grow my faith in god so that's why we don't have to have the term saving faith because faith is saving faith when that faith is directed towards god or towards christ and the more when i can intentionally understand and experience god more it actually allows me to please him more the more faith i have the more i'm able to please him so this definition gives us the key to growing our faith intentionally. One of my mentors used to always ask, how do you grow your faith in the next five minutes? Mm. When you have the right definition of faith, you can answer that question. Well, if I grow my understanding or experience of God in the next five minutes, my faith in him will increase. Also having this definition explains, like we talked about in the intro, one half of the causes of salvation, which we'll get to, but Ephesians 2.8 talks about salvation happening by grace through faith. Grace and faith. There's the two halves of salvation. And right now we can see how faith works with that is I can't be saved by a person that I don't believe exists. Nice. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember... If you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.